Hey, all you rad dads out there. Hey, rad dads out there. It's Christian with another episode of the Rad Dad Show. This one features Carlin Black Rabbit of the band Iron Tusks down in Siksika Nation, just south of Calgary. Awesome band. Go check them out. They got a new EP they released in April. We sit down and talk with Carlin about the work he does in his community, uh, him sitting on the tribal council. We also talk, of course, dad stuff. Favorite snacks, grilled cheese sandwiches cut into four, putting some Mentos into Coke, and navigating the rough patches of being a parent. Hope you enjoy. Who are you? Yeah, my name is uh, Carlin. I'm from the band Iron Tusk, and I, I'm from Siska Nation, Alberta. And you're a dad. Yeah, yeah. I have two kids, uh, Jamin and Juno. They're both quite the handful, but in a, in a good way. <laughs> how, how old are they? Uh, Juno is three and Jamin's eight. So, so they keep you busy? Yeah, well, I mean, one one's learning how to uh, be an expert at technology, and the other one's learning how to play drums and wreck my record players. <laughs> Scratching the yeah. records. Yep. Yeah, I just I bought a turntable, and within days it was already broken. But I guess that that's it comes with the job. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. It's uh, learning. I, 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 I collect records. I'm a big kind of uh, record nerd. And uh, I ended up buying my son, well, he's eight now, his own record player just so he could have something to ruin and not mine. <laughs> <laughs> do you consider yourself a rad dad? You know what? I think uh, I do. No, I, I don't think. I, I know I am because yeah, I have... Uh, you know, I, I work hard for my kids, and I just want to be a positive role model for them. So if they see me, like, always working and always doing things around the house, then they'll know, like, they'll have memories when they get older. Like, oh, yeah, Dad, Dad is always on the go. Dad, Dad is working. Dad had to get mad at us for being, for doing things we're not supposed to be doing, you know. So I think... Uh, there's so much that goes into being a rad dad, and I I know uh, I I like being home for these past couple of weeks. I've really gotten to spend some quality time with my kids, and it's amazing. I I love it. So you so touch on that. You mentioned in your answer there. So much goes into being a rad dad. Like what what are some of the things? Yeah, like just. So I guess it's kind of like, what are, what are some of the traits you think make one a rat dad? So, so I'm like super stoked that you, you proclaimed, you know, you, you know, and that's kind of the idea. I always get kind of mixed, mixed answers for that question. Some are like, I don't know, ask my kids when they're older. <laughs> some, some are like, you know, yeah, I think I am. But I, I love the fact that there's the confidence there. And that's kind of the idea of the empowerment piece that we talked about earlier. So like, what is it? What are some of the traits you think make? Well, it's, it's really the little things that matter with my daughter. She really loves uh, Frozen, Frozen 2. Frozen 2 just came out this year. So just sitting there and, like, really uh, observing how she, she, like, she'll watch the whole movie and sing along. So if I know she's 
kind of in a bad mood, I'll, I could play the Frozen 2 uh, soundtrack on my phone and, you know, she'll be smiling and she'll be dancing and doing all that stuff. Uh, with my son, he, he he's very, he's into art, artwork, does a lot of drawing and a bunch of sculptures. and So just kind of supplying him with paper, but also just paying attention to what he's doing, what he's drawing. I know just the smallest error, he'll pick up his paper and do it all over. So just, just being there to encourage him and let him, let them, them, just let them both know that I'm there. Uh, that's, I think that's really important. You know, uh, making their favorite, favorite snacks, lunch, supper. Uh, my daughter really likes grilled cheese, but she'll only eat it if I cut it in four pieces. So stuff like that, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. I uh, love that you know that. It's got to be four. Very specific stuff too. Like I know, uh, like, uh, yeah, I just, just knowing, knowing what, uh, what annoys them and what doesn't. And I know it's really important that I, I share my time equally with them. So I'll try out days where I'm just hanging out with my son or just hanging out with my daughter. And uh, yeah, it, it, you learn as you go. I mean, I think like every parent, you know, there's, there's, uh, I don't like, I don't want to say they're bad days, but just days of reflection. And there's rough days where there's uh temper and there's emotions flowing and, I think, uh, I mean, everyone in the household kind of goes through that and, we're, you know, we're just humans. So just recognizing that. Uh, I, I really try to, uh, like yesterday, me and my son, we we went to Walmart, picked up a couple of two liters of Coke and a pack of Mentos and did that whole science thing, like the blur. I think mm-hmm. that blew up, right? <laughs> and yeah, I'm a science my, teacher. I know all about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, my son, he was kind of scared to put like a, a... But he only put like two or three Mentos in the Coke and it didn't go as high. And like, I was like, try all of them and it like went a couple of feet. So just stuff like that, just interaction, making them remember those little things. And uh, I mean, when the big things come like graduations or recitals or anything like that, I think just, just be in there. Uh, I mean, uh, um, for my my children, I just want the best for them. I don't want them to be like the the next Olympian or next famous person. I just want them to never feel pressure, but also know that I'm behind them to support uh, whatever they do. That's uh, you know, it's a, it's a real common answer. So you know, you're maybe about the you know almost the thirtieth person I've interviewed for the show, and um, it's. It's interesting to me that there's these common kind of themes that come up, and one being is is just being there, and it's kind of seems so so simple an answer. But uh, would you say it, it's it is easy, or is it is it is it tough? Always being there. Did a lot of those answers come from people who didn't have parents and didn't have a good relationship with their parents? You know, it's it's really all over the board, and okay. uh, you know, it kind of half and half. And you have yeah. you have some of the guests that are you know had a real shitty uh, childhood and wanted to be better and wanted their kids to have a better life, and you had ones that came from a, an awesome and have a great relationship with their parents, and they just wanted to 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 kind of cultivate that as well. So, so like, what's your perspective then? What's your background? Yeah, well, uh, my dad, he passed away when I was about five, six, and uh, 
I grew up in a single parent home with my my mom, my brother, and my sister. And uh, I'm the I don't know. I don't like to consider myself like the black sheep of the family, but I was the middle child, so I felt a lot of my mom's attention was to my brother and sister. Mm-hmm. So I had to be a, I had to be the loudest one in the room. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think <laughs> that's why playing drums kind of made me do that. Uh, but it took me a lot of years to understand why things were the way they were. Uh, you know, for like I, I reflect back now and think about being a five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old, never really getting that chance to grieve about your father who passed. Right? It was just something in my family that we never talked about. Right. And it took us a lot of years to actually have those conversations like, okay, he's gone. Uh, it's something we actually just never talked about growing up. And I think that kind of led to a lot of anger and aggression and denial. And I think that's kind of why I gravitated towards punk rock and metal music was because I can whatever aggression that was building inside of me, I could play music and it kind of balanced things out. So, yeah, I just kind of, as I went on in my life, like in my early 20s, started to really understand like, okay, well, these are some things that I got to address. And I mean, it's going to be a lifelong journey, but uh, I know that people have experienced similar issues or maybe even worse. Uh, I know there's a lot of dysfunction that happens in homes, things that we don't know about. And uh, those are the people I feel for. So I didn't have a, I didn't have a horrible upbringing, but it was a lot of, uh, a lot of questioning why things were the way they were. And like with my, with my children, you know, I always wanted to make sure they had a stable home food security, uh, and just, just people there for them, you know, I, I really always want to put them first and no, this didn't happen overnight. It took, it took some years to learn. I know in my early, early twenties, like I was playing, when my son was just a, when my son was just a baby, uh, very consistent with my band and my schooling and uh it really i guess you sometimes you got to make some you got to learn some hard lessons as a father but i know today like things are really cool uh and yeah my grandparents my grandfather uh my grandpa worked for the city of calgary for like 30 years and i've always seen him working i never you know, like just kind of lounging around, like he was always on, like he'd always be going to work when I visited my grandparents' house, or he'd always be working on something. So I think that kind of motivated me to be like him. And you know, my grandparents, like their their home they, that they've had for like forty, fifty years, has always kind of been like, a, I guess, an oasis for me. You know, is this somewhere to go and feel comfortable and, you know have that uh that peace as a child so yeah i mean that's probably a long answer but no it's great <laughs> I, was, I was enjoying the story it that all that kind of completely resonates with me so my my dad wasn't around for you know 
those kind of junior high high school days he he and he committed suicide uh when oh, i was in in university and it's not like we had a super close relationship but i you know you kind of mentioned like that's why you got into punk and metal it was like the aggression piece and i've never really made that connection and i'm wondering if that's kind of similar to me like i like the, the punk just more for the politics and, and i think it's intelligent you know some of it's kind of silly but uh it always made me question things uh and that's what you know i'm i'm a like i said i'm a school teacher and i value education and, and whatnot and uh, that's always kind of motivated me uh, to, to go to university and, and that sort of thing. And one of the consistent things that I've had in my life is my grandparents. Although my, my, my Guido passed away a number of years ago, but I loved going there. And my mom took us there a lot of, a lot of the times. And so there was that consistency. And, uh, yeah, this kind of a similar, similar story is for sure. Um, thanks for sharing that. Do you, yeah, yeah. So, so you kind of like you know you already mentioned that with your grandfather, and you kind of talked about how how important is it like the modeling, and and you you kind of you said you kind of show your kids that you, you you work hard and things like that. Like, what what kind of things do you do? Like, what does that look like for you? Well, I do a lot of work in my community, and uh, my day to day is pretty pretty busy, I guess. The, I, I sit on uh, I sit on the tribal council for my reserve. So there's a chief, and then there's twelve council members. So that's kind of my day to day. I got voted in when I was 24 years old, and I'm actually in my second term right now. Uh, Going to be 28 next week, actually. So uh, I guess quote unquote a politician, but yeah. traditionally there's uh, so many things that are different than like the provincial and federal politicians like these leadership roles are they have meaning like real meaning traditional meaning and uh you know if you read about these chiefs from like way back then they they protected their community and they took on those responsibilities so uh a lot of my responsibilities are for my reserve, the my nation. We have about seventy five hundred people on our reserve, so just really trying to help uh help get things passed like passed along. And what I mean by that is like pushing for sustainability and for our people to really be able to help themselves whatever they want to do in the life, but something positive. And, uh, you know, as an Indigenous person in Canada, there's a lot of things that need to be addressed. And uh, with my role, you know, I think i gotta, I got to help support getting our people through healing and getting our people through... Uh, those struggles and adversities that we're facing. So I know uh, I, I don't consider myself an activist or anything like that. I know there's things I more research I need to do and more understanding, but overall, I just want to help people. And uh, yeah, it's it's really something I'm passionate about. I 
prior to that, I used to work in a addictions counselor. Well, not a counselor. I was a like a frontline worker. So worked directly with like youth from all over the country who are indigenous. And uh, yeah, I worked yeah. In a, I worked in a facility. Uh, like a residential facility for like four or five years and really got got some perspective on some kids from across the country who had similar stories to ours but got caught up in uh some tough situations so That's great. a little bit That's of a, a little, little yeah. bit of life experience you know yeah, it's just inspiring. Like I, I, I love that sort of work. Like in my, I'm a school teacher, as kind of mentioned, and uh, been a school teacher for 20 years. And the last few years, I've I've worked at an outreach school where we deal with students that struggle with mental health issues, uh, addiction issues, and that's probably some of the most rewarding work that I've done. And I've kind of done projects with them that, um, you know, just try to get them engaged and and like you, you said, kind of. You, know, you talked about the sustainability piece or, um, you know, that's kind of the hope is that they could kind of continue on themselves after high school and, you know, <laughs> make, make, make good choices. So, so it seems like you're a, you're a dad for your community and your kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, one of my, one of my, uh, my elders or mentors told me, yeah, when you, when you get on council, like everyone's your child and, what you know, you gotta treat everyone equally, but also, you know, you gotta know when to say no and put in that extra effort when you have to put in that extra effort. So, it's a really, uh, I'm really honored to be a part of a council. And I, I, I mean, I don't plan to do it forever. There's a lot of other things I want to do. I, I want to open up like a, like a group home for children who are, don't have a mom and a dad or a family family to support them like I, I just want I don't want kids getting lost in the system anymore I think mm-hmm. it's uh, really heartbreaking when you hear those stories so uh, my my long-term plan is to get a piece of land build something like a Ronald McDonald house but bigger uh, and yeah just have like so much programming for kids like hockey music arts cooking anything anything that will help these kids stay focused something that they're interested in they actually want to do and not not force them to do anything but to actually just be a kid so that's my plan uh i i I have a few like i guess case plans in place to make it happen but that's what i want to do that's the long-term goal is i want to really develop a program that will be effective but also have good outcomes because you know, sometimes it feels, and I felt this as a teenager, that maybe the world, uh, all the odds are against me. You know, when I grew up, where I grew up, uh, I didn't feel I'd never leave the reserve or I'd never have a vehicle or never be able to travel anywhere or be able to have, uh, have I don't know, like a nice drum set or something. You know, right. just those kind of things didn't seem realistic when I was like 13 or 14. But by playing music and really having a focus and drive to go out into the world and do things, it really, it really paid off. And you know, there's there's still a lot of things I want to do in my life. I, 
Like I said, I'm turning 28, but I feel like I'm 50. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you have all these experiences. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm 42, and it's like, oh, okay. like, uh, okay, that, Oh, that's great. Like, that's similar yeah. to cause what I want to do in education. Like, I, I started a, a program at my one of my high school. I, I kind of taught between two schools this past semester and did a skateboard um, design type thing. And uh, they, had, they had to create their own kind of skateboard brand and, and, and stuff like that. And did all these kind of side projects on top of that and it was pretty cool to see um yeah because they were just engaged and so it, like if, if you're looking at that program you just that's the trick i think is just to, to have something that interests kids and they're going to come you know not because they have to because they want to and uh that's the trick though <laughs> well <laughs> find, i think it's really important that, that it's, it's really important when you provide like accessibility like provide transportation you provide uh i know if you provide food they'll come you know what i mean like this stuff stuff that you know that will want want them to feel a part of it but also want want them to know that people actually care i think that's yeah. the most important part yeah of it. i think i uh, think that's you did on the i do a lot there. i do a lot of shows well not 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 so much anymore but uh i i'm I plan a festival every every year on my reserve. It's called Moments Fest, and uh, yeah, I try to get as many kids in my community involved with production, work in the door, uh, you know, being a stagehand, just selling merch, just trying to trying to keep them uh, keep them involved. And for the past, well, this year is supposed to be the sixth year, but we had to cancel it. But anyways. You know, there's like maybe four or five kids that have been with the festival for about three years now, and you know they they know what it's like to tear down a stage, set up a stage, just 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 basic basic stuff that uh, it takes forever to learn in the music industry, and uh, just giving them that that exposure and like letting them work with bands and letting them be a part of something. I think that's that's really important, and that's always like whether it's in being a father or if you're doing anything with other people, just making them feel a part of part of it goes a long way. And you know, these kids are always asking, like, well, when's the next show? Or can I help haul gear to your show in Calgary with your band? Or can oh, I sell okay. You know, you know, stuff like that. And it's yeah. it's really cool. It's really cool to see. Uh, and I, I think it, it, it's uh, it's really important to remember, like, keep a level head and not not feel like you're above anyone. Or have a a rock star attitude or whatever, you know, just hang out with these kids. It's and I think that's really always been kind of the allure of punk to me, the accessibility. Like, you know, you kind of mentioned some of the other guests that we've had on the show. I've really just asked them. I'll just email them or, or something or ask them on like Instagram, hey, do you want to be? And most are pretty engaging and are, are into it. And that's always been something that's um like i said kind of stoked me about, about punk is that you could go see see these bands and you know talk to them after the show get them to sign your record and, and um you know talk talk politics i guess if you want or just have a have a beer and say hi right well if, if there's like i've done a little bit of work in uh with my buddy he does he has a production company in calgary so he does like a lot like we do a lot of loading in like gear for the touring bands and everything and like really they're these musicians the the tour managers and the crew like 
you know they're 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 not partying they're working you know they're <laughs> they're uh, waiting to play they they want to get their sound check and they want to p- find parking like really if you encounter someone who's probably in a bad mood it's probably because they've been on tour for six to eight months you know and probably don't even know what city they're in so i, I, I can i can respect i can respect that and get it get why they some some people are, are grumpy at times you know but you know they always say don't meet your heroes but i i've met some of my heroes and they're amazing people yeah and that's together been, been with this show I've, I've met you know some of the like like you my hero my my music, musical heroes you know uh they've all been great Let's go back to the dad stuff. In what ways has fatherhood changed you? What's that? In what ways has fatherhood changed you? Uh, I think, again, just that whole responsibility thing, like, it's really important uh, to have uh, stability, you know, paying bills on time, uh, you know, providing clothing, shelter, like that's like you have someone's life in your in your hands, and it's very important that they they get their their needs. You know, when when they when they're sick, knowing what to do and not panicking. I've had a few uh, incidences where my daughter got hurt, and we kind of panicked for a few seconds, and then we realized, okay, we got this is what we got to do. So like just just really uh um uh, taking the responsibility serious. And and not panicking. <laughs> I know, like when oh, when I when I used to get hurt as a kid, my mom would get more mad at me and make it worse. So, <laughs> <laughs> but but no, like just really, uh, yeah, really taking it seriously and just just being there. Yeah. So re- related to to panic sometimes is fear. Did did you ever have any fear about becoming a dad? Oh. Uh, I, yeah, I did actually. I I think uh, just being able to again when you play in, when you play music and punk punk rock, you're kind of exposed to part that party lifestyle, and I guess there's fear of losing your friends and missing out on the fun. But I think the the real fun is uh, again watching Frozen on a Saturday morning at home, you know. <laughs> Yeah, not hung over. <laughs> not hung over. Yeah, no, that's true. Like the real fulfillment. I'm like for for my bands. Like I like my bands. We still we're still very consistent, but like like I I really scale back to almost like zero partying uh, for the past four or five years. Like, it's just something I just couldn't do anymore, just mentally and emotionally, and. Uh, you know, losing people in the community to addictions, like, just made me, really turn me off from that lifestyle. So, yeah, just being home and, like, I've always made it my goal for my kids to never, ever see me intoxicated or anything. So, I don't, I don't, I'm not carrying the flag of being, like, oh, I'm sober, I go to A and all that. But I just, I know, for me, I, that lifestyle isn't for me anymore. Mm. Yeah. What are the most rewarding aspects of being a dad? Aside uh, from watching Frozen Two on a Saturday morning, <laughs> uh, watching watching uh, watching their independence, uh, watching them do things 
like, yeah, watching them like do things on their own. I I got my my son to sweep up the whole street, like sweep all the leaves on our street, and he did it, and nailed it, like did a good job, you know. I didn't have to stand there and watch him like a hawk and tell him to do it the right way. He just did it. And, <laughs> you know, with my daughter, like, she's really, she's at that point in her life where she's, uh, she understands, like, yes and no. And, like, she, she's starting to understand things more. Uh, and especially with her toys. Like, I just sit there and watch her play with her toys sometimes. And she kind of has, like, her own, like, uh, like, she's in her own world, but it's so cool. Like, she's so creative, and it's just, like, uh, it's a really fascinating thing to see. I, I can't really put words to it. It's, like, all the what's going on in her do what she's doing with her toys, you know? And yeah, it's like, even, I, I rented an electric drum set, and she's like, what are you doing drum roll? We just think that I can do point, you know. <laughs> it's like it's like really a counter on their their ability to ability to pursue art. So that's something I really really why is it what is it important to you the fact that you have a product at the end of it? Well not even that, like uh, that they find I didn't have exposure to music until like 13, 14, where one of my best friends got a guitar for his birthday and he said, hey man, let's do a band. Like, I, I always liked listening to music, but I never like, had that support to be a, a drummer or whatever. Like, my daughter hitting those high, like hitting the notes on like Frozen was like, blows my mind. And then with my son creating like, I watch a YouTube video and he'll like create it create a, a sculpture on a, on his own, like similar to the one on the YouTube video. So it's just stuff like that. I don't know. For me, I feel like uh, just just being there to witness that, it, it's it's really cool. Yeah, I agree. Like I, my son, like I said, he's eight and he does online music lessons now, like before he was going to the, but he, he's, he's doing the piano and like when you know, I just kind of let him be, let him do this thing, and then I, I come out and ask him to show me some stuff. And, like, the thing that he could, like, remember just like that is just like, oh, how does he do that? It's, like, amazing. I can't do that. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm 40. Like, uh, yeah, it's also learn it. Well, watching my son learn to read has always been really satisfying. That's kind of a – it blows me away. And the reason I asked all those questions, that question is I, – I, and you kind of said I couldn't, you can't figure words to to describe it. I'm still, I guess, hoping one day that someone that I interview has words to describe it because <laughs> because that yeah. that is one of those universal things, you know, that I see kind of themes that come up is that, yeah, everyone's stoked about these things, but they can't describe it. And to me, it's just just really interesting as as to how we all have, you know, being a parent have those kind of common universalities. What is it? Well, let's say themes. <laughs> um, can you describe the relationship with your dad? Yeah. Uh, again, it's uh, a lot of it was positive. Uh, his, his, I guess his last couple 
weeks were very uh were hard because he got very sick when he died and it was it was just one of those things where like I mean I didn't understand it yet when I was five years old but I he was very involved with uh sports like he was a basketball player and so there's like a, a recreation center we used to always go to and like yeah he's like in his forties playing with these young guys in their twenties and just like being able to keep up with them and I just always remember him being very close to my grandmother. Uh and and his grandmother because my great grandmother was still alive at the time too and he was very close with them. Uh and yeah, just very positive, uh I like I still I have a few pictures of him and you know, he had a lot he had a lot of things in his life that he experienced as a kid that uh I guess again the world was against him too because he had to go through so much uh growing up in a weird time uh growing up growing up in a time where uh the residential schools were were still around and he had to he, he probably experienced a lot you know there's there's still things I I don't know what happened my mom, like, the things my mom has gone through, she told me some things, crazy things that happened to her as a kid, and, you know, she, she said, yeah, I spent so many years trying to shut it out, so, um, if you really do a little bit of research on, I guess, the effects and traumas of that, that era of residential school, it really, uh, had an effect on, like, my parents and my grandparents, and, even down to me, uh, and I'm trying to break that cycle with my kids, but I know that there's, there's things that we, we have to deal with, but we'll get through it. Yeah, that's a, yeah. definitely a dark, dark time. I, I, with that class that I mentioned, that skateboard class, um, I had a grant from the Aspen Foundation, so they they give money to schools to do you know projects on social justice issues and mine was uh, modeled after uh, are you familiar like are you into skateboarding at all or anything do you know oh yeah one hundred percent do you are you familiar with colonialism skateboard uh, out of Saskatchewan like Lagman's work yeah yeah I've heard I've heard the the name and all that yeah so like he, all all the boards that he puts out with his company uh, reflect really kind of like the dark side of Canadian you know colonialism. And so I kind of wanted my students to kind of engage in that. And it was quite surprising, actually, that you had a handful of students that whose grandparents, you know, attended residential schools. And and some of the boards that they they ended up kind of doing were, like, amazing, like, brought tears to my eyes. (laughs) Like, um, um, so, like, I I guess I kind of mentioned that because, you know, I think there's really the hope there that that things, you know, we get past that and and kind of shed light on, on that and, like, the I guess the youth <laughs> are uh, sometimes I lose hope with them, but but not after that project. I was super proud of what they what they did, and um, yeah. Anyways, thought I'd share that with you. You know, um, uh, just really quickly, uh, yeah, I really think skateboarding is universal, and I think it's amazing for the benefits of what it does to kids. We uh, we had this show in a community back in September 
and uh, we had a we booked the cancer batch to play. Oh, sweet! Yeah. And and it was it was cool. It was really really cool. And we kind of tied in like uh, we had like a, we had like an art showcase. We had the bands. We had like a skateboard, and then we had like powwow drumming and all that. And uh, like we put we put a lot of planning into it. Got some funding for it. And he's like, we're ready for it. And then like a snowstorm hit, and it 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 was like one of the more worse snowstorms we've had. Like the roads were bad. Like Kanchibat still made it, uh, and kids from my reserve actually like walked to the show. But this uh, father and son who were non-indigenous, uh, they actually lived in Red Deer, and this guy brought his kid down to skateboard and that kid was like probably like six or seven and he just had the best time of his life you know like skating with uh kids on the reserve like there was that there wasn't that like awkwardness like it was like race didn't matter it didn't nothing mattered it was just universal and that made me feel really good because like those are the kind of things i want to create my community is like Take away those uh, those barriers, you know, and I want I want to create unity between all communities. You know, it's it should never be us and them; it should be all of us. So I just want to share that because it was cool, and I I didn't get the name of the father, but like he drove his son down in a snowstorm to come skateboard with a bunch of kids from the res. I mean, that's that's cool. That's yeah. That's good. Like I, I'm huge. I, I've seen the the positive impact of skateboarding even more in the, in the last few years because of, because of this program that I started at my school. And um, actually, are, are you familiar with uh, Joe Buffalo, pro skater, of Vancouver? Is he from Vancouver? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, he um, as part of that project, I wanted him to Skype with my students, but he he's from. Um, he actually ended up coming to Edmonton that week. We were supposed to Skype and like my friend picked him up from the airport and he, he came into my classroom and and talked about his pro model, like which is uh the you know, the pound maker model and talked about growing up at uh residential school. Like kids were just super stoked and we've kind of formed this friendship now that so you know, reach out to him if in terms of if you're looking at another program or like building some other kind of event like that because he recently created a um i don't know if it's not really a company but just a a group of them they're all indigenous skaters from the vancouver area and they call they're calling themselves nations and they were actually at fort st john just before kind of the pandemic you know they they did kind of like a skate demo for all the kids there, um, you know, basically hung out with him for the day. And so he's, he's trying to kind of do this. He, he wants to kind of go kind of like a cross Canada tour type thing where he, he hits kind of all the reserves uh, and kind of spreads his, his message of, you know, how skateboarding has been kind of a positive light for him and um, provided him some hope. Like, yeah, it's just super rad. Really That's cool. awesome. Yeah. There's there's a like in my community we have uh, some skateboard skateboard dudes too who like same thing kind of kind of went through a you know just that growing up phase where you're partying and all that but he right like now he's like a small business 
he has a small business that he's he's running he's and he he's actually in the process of uh well even before covid he wanted to build his own uh in, indoor skate park so i think he's still going to do it but i definitely uh i i could see those positive i've seen those positive outcomes firsthand in my community as well that's great awesome yeah so i, I encourage that like i just see it's just awesome to me like i love it too um, yeah, let's shift to the band then. Uh, so you have a new EP coming out, or you know, it came out twentieth. Yeah, it came out on Monday. Yeah. Um, so, like, obviously, with this whole pandemic issue, you know, live shows are are limited. Uh, do you hope to kind of tour a little bit when, once everything kind of pans out, or does does life enable you to do that? Talk about the band well, here. P- plug plug your plug yeah. your stuff. Well, yeah. So the, the, my band's uh, Iron Tusk. I play drums and kind of do all the managing and all the booking and all all the other logistics that go into doing a band. Uh, we put this release out on Monday, April twentieth, four twenty. Uh, just a weird coincidence, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was going to ask that. This was very intense there. <laughs> well, well, I mean, because like we kind of fit into that like stoner rock genre, but yeah. we're kind of not really stoner rock. Uh, but anyways, we, we initially were going to do a seven inch, but uh, this COVID hit and we put a lot of effort into this release. Like not, not just like having the artwork or not having like, we put like, we put a lot of our own like emotional effort into the, this release like the songs and we took a really different approach to writing music. Uh, we kind of had like a, pro- a producer help us as well to help those songs really grow. So we didn't want to like sit on the release for like a year and wait till this, this thing was over. We felt it was really important just to get it out. And, uh, you know, typically when you put out a release, you have some shows to promote it on. But with everything happening in the world, we just just didn't work in our favor. But with all the stuff we've been doing digitally and online, it's kind of it's been it's been really positive, and people are into it. And you know, people are buying the album on our Bandcamp. Uh, we're we're doing a, a tape release, like a physical copy of a tape. So that's going to be hopefully shipping out this week and we eventually plan to do like a seven inch and want to like do like a, a a blood splatter disc or something cool for the seven inch uh but yeah like it's something we're very proud of our songwriting has matured like we all grew up together we we've been playing music together since we're like 13 14 like these are guys I these are my like childhood friends and it's it's something I'm glad we can all do together as young men. Uh we we just added a new guitar player, his name's Craig and he's he's kind of older than us, but he's the vibe is there with him. He he's very excited to be in the band. He he even had like some demos when he joined the band, he's like, hey, I got these songs. Like, So we already have like four or five new songs that we're going to be working on. And yeah, like, uh, we don't, 
we don't really uh, go around saying we're an indigenous metal or punk band. We're just a band. <laughs> right. You know, we, we, we don't want to have a label attached to us, a price tag or anything. Like, we're just a bunch of dudes playing music. And uh, with some of the reviews we've been getting, a lot of the, the common theme is we can't put a, a genre on this band. And I think that's that's something we kind of work towards as well. It's like being able to have that freedom to do what you want creatively. So we didn't want to like, okay, let's be a hardcore band or let's be a punk band or a metal band. We wanted to have all those elements in this uh, release. And yeah, it's been really cool. Uh, we we got a, a Stu, Stu McKillop to, to master it. And he's out of Vancouver and he's he's done a lot of awesome work with his studio and plays in a bunch of cool bands too, I believe. So just a, a lot of, a, a lot of different elements went into this release. Um, working with a local artist, working with produ- like a local producer and uh, like even for the songwriting, the lyrics, uh, the two, uh, Ty and Marty who are in the band as well, really uh, stepped out of their element to, to just write write something different and even just the way the vocals were structured in the song were really impressed me because uh i can kind of be stressful i i know i'm stressful to work with in the studio or have a bit of a bit of an attitude so <laughs> i i remember when i got my drum tracks done i just kind of left and are you familiar with like 17th ave in calgary like the red yeah. mile yeah 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 yeah, so I was like, all right, I'm gonna go get a tubby dog and like leave you. Oh, uh, tubby dog, I love it. The captain, <laughs> gotta get the captain dog. <laughs> yeah, I came back and I heard like the at the recordings of the vocals and it was like blew my mind and I was like, man, you guys really, you guys really upped it up a notch. So yeah, I mean, we really uh really stepped out of our bubble and like we have so many amazing friends in, in Calgary and Edmonton and all over like so. I think we're going to be okay. Uh, I mean, financially, I think, we, like, when we put out our set, our previous 7-inch, we made all our money back within the first three days of the release because we had, like, a bunch of shows lined up. But I'm not worried about I guess I'm not worried about the financial investment we put into it. It will, it will work out eventually. But I know there's people that are going through a lot more harder times than us, and I think this is something where we just all got to kind of be into it together yeah, yeah you know i think we'll, we'll pull pull through um i'm hoping that you know once it settles that you guys make your way up here to edmonton okay, I could oh you for sure. we yeah well, like, we definitely we love playing edmonton uh we just get treated so well there uh we like uh the avery is really cool uh yeah, Phil, I, Paul, I know I know Phil and Mark really well. Actually, I've done well, some some events there uh, for for my school and like my bands played there. They're awesome. Well, Phil greeted us with like vegan tacos and gave the boy <laughs> gave the boy the boys like free beer. So like right away he he won our hearts. But and like he just treated us so nice the whole time we were there, and we like ended up hanging out with him till like everyone has gone out of the venue. You know, those are the kind of things we like. It's just, just building connection. Yeah, but, it's like the community piece, right? Like that's like kind of what you mentioned it right at the beginning. You know, what you, what you want to do, and it, it doesn't surprise me that you kind of, you know, 
uh, say that about Phil and uh, and them. And the, we um, uh, we were actually just in town in January for that uh, Winter Eruption Festival. Festival. Oh, okay. And we played with uh, this band called Iron Eyes. Oh yeah, that's uh, um, um, God, I know two of the dudes, Ted, Ted Rates band. And, yeah, Ted. Yeah. And uh, this other band, they're called D Boy. D Boy, they're like from Toronto. And uh, yeah, like the festival. What, okay, what made it really cool about that festival was the the, the festival director Brent Oliver. Oh uh, yeah, I had Brent on the show. He came up to us and he gave us the tobacco offering, and that's never happened at any of our shows. And that really shows to me and to the band it meant the world because that's tobacco is so sacred to us and. It just shows that he he wants to he wants to learn and he wants to be respectful and follow process and protocols with indigenous people. So big ups to Brent because that was that was huge and we we like we played we've been around for about ten years or so and like that meant the world to us to get that offering. That's right. That's kind of Brent's thing. Yeah, for sure. He's and he's a he's a cool guy. And like yeah, just going playing a festival like when it's cold, it was it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, where did you guys play? Did you, did you when you played that? Festival? Uh, it was like that downtown community league or something like that. The DECL. It was oh, like right okay. behind, uh, right behind Starlight. Like on okay. That block. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know. Oh. yeah. By uh, the Freemason was, Freemason Hallway. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's uh yeah that's kind of like that that was the first year of that festival it kind of replaced the uptown downtown I think kind of thing right yeah yeah and they had that dude from Wu Tang Clan playing too so it was like I said it was, right, it was yeah. so cool yeah it was it was cool to be a part of that and like we're the kind of band that we we uh you know because we don't say we're this this type of band or that type of band we can almost fit any kind of bill and it's actually really it's really cool. Like we played that festival with like so many bands outside of what we're usually what we usually play with. So, and those are the kind of opportunities we want to create. It's just like to do anything and step out of our comfort zones. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, last two questions here. This one sometimes stumps people. Do you have a, a dad joke you could share? Uh I mean, I had a bunch of memes I could show you. I could, <laughs> uh, no, not really, but uh, I haven't gone to that age yet. <laughs> okay, then last question, Carlin. Uh, any fatherly yeah. words of wisdom to the rad dads or any new dads out there listening to this? Yeah, just uh, pay attention. I, I think that's as simple as that, is pay attention. And whatever it means to you, if it's watching Frozen or, you know, well, wanting your kid to play in the NHL, whatever it is, just pay attention because they're watching just as much as you're watching them, maybe even more. And, I, <laughs> you know, they watch you. They watch your every move. They watch how you talk. They just everything. Um, they're very observant. So pay attention to your kids. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Thank you so much for uh, your time and uh, sharing your story. Yeah, no, thank you. I, uh, 